Come on. At the end of the series, you are going to look as cool as him. No, no guarantees on that one. <laughs> and no my heart in my welcome to church this morning. So glad you're here with us. My name's Mike. If we haven't met before, my wife Amy and I were the lead pastors here. It's a privilege to welcome you, especially if you're visiting with us for the first time. We're so glad you've uh, chosen to be here on a Sunday morning. And uh, we're starting a brand new series uh, called Into the New, New for the New. So uh, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of conversations over the period of lockdown uh, around what does the new normal look like. You know, for, for some people, it was just life was normal. Nothing changed for you. It was just, it just even got busier. But for some, to stop and pause and to, to kind of reflect and consider what life actually matters, what matters in life. I think a lot of people come back saying, I, I don't know if I want my shift. I want to see some change. I, I, I want to maybe even be able to breathe again because maybe some of us have lost our breath. Uh, I, I believe that we need to walk into something that is new in this next season. The Bible is, f- is filled with words and statements from God declaring new things today. And our prayer over this next month is that all of us would catch something new. We would be prepared to embrace something new for the glory of God. This morning, I want to start with a message of new creation living. What does it mean to be a new creation? What does it mean to live a new life in Christ? And maybe you're here and and, and actually during lockdown, God just said, get back to church or get to church for the first time. And you're here because there's something in you that's desiring something new. And I really believe that if we would truly surrender our, our minds, our will, our emotion, our thoughts, and listen to what God is saying, all the answers that you are, to the questions you're asking, God has them for you. And maybe even today, some of what I share will be answers to the questions that you've been asking. And I pray that you would listen to what God is saying to you today. Can I say that right up front, the goal is not that you would come and join a church. The goal is that you would know God, that you would know Jesus, your Savior, your Lord, that you would get a, get a new life in Him, freedom, wholeness in Him. I want to read from a passage in the book of Corinthians. Uh, Paul wrote, Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote uh, two letters to the church in Corinth, and in the second letter, he was kind of writing because there was was some people that were kind of giving some teaching that was wrong, just just ungodly and the centrality of the gospel message. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 21. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, that's Jesus died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, and those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and I want to emphasize the anyone. If you felt like you've, you didn't fit within God's plan for humanity, if you feel like you're not good enough, if you feel like the things that you've done in your life are far beyond anything that God would want to forgive or embrace in your life, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God. All of this is from God. The work is all to do with God 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. I am so thankful that God doesn't count my sin against me. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I love this. God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. That's a great promise right there. <laughs> Let me pray this morning as we unpack this word a little and what it means to live a new creation life. God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to be here, to sing these songs of praise, to glorify your name in this place. God, we honor you. We give you glory. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Lord, would we be listening to to what you want to say to each of us as individuals? Thank you, Jesus, that you died so that we could have life and life eternally. May we embrace that life. May we accept that life. May we walk in that new creation living. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure about your home, but in our home, there's a a period of time. It's a 24-hour period. From the moment Amy starts the clean of the house, there's a 24-hour The the house is tidy. It's clean. Everything is looking great. It's looking brand new. Now, in that 24-hour period, you're not allowed your toys in the lounge. You're not allowed, my toys included, all right? Just, just to clarify that. My toys are not allowed in the lounge. The laptop, the computer, all that kind of stuff. No. Flour, rice, anything that could go from the bench to the floor, not allowed. 24-hour period. It's like, no, I've just cleaned the house. No. In fact, it's not a real rule, but it's very well implied that even the bathroom, right? Number ones, definitely not number twos, all right? Now, I don't know if that's anything like your house. It's just like this desire for, it's like, it's new, it's fresh, it's clean. Don't mess it up. Any mums can agree with that one? Just, yeah, just, it's like, just live, just go to a motel for 24 hours and then, and then it will gradually go back into the state of disrepair again, right? (laughs) And that's life. Life just gradually gets worse by default. The default nature of life in human beings is chaos. We descend into this place of disrepair. And it's to do with something in our humanity called sin. And I want to talk about sin a little bit today. Because in order to get to our good news, there's also a little bit of bad news. I really want, to, I want us to understand that the, the, the transform new creation, God takes the original version of us. And he does something quite sensational with it. You know, we might think that we're pretty good, but we're not. And we're going to discover that this morning. See, God takes the old and he makes it new. He takes the broken and he makes it whole. He takes the unrighteous and he makes it righteous. Now, to understand the new work that God wants to do in us, we're going to go back to the purpose of God's original creation. When God created the heavens and the earth and and, and created who we are. It was for a reason. He, he had a, a specific reason in his creation. What I want to share is some thoughts that uh, is, is actually 
out of a study that my, my father, Brian, is, is creating at the moment and uh, looking forward to be able to, pre- uh, I guess, present it as a small group in the, in the coming weeks and months, uh, quite excited about what it means to, to live this new creation life. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we read about the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So out of nothing, out of this chaos, God brought life. God brought a, a, a new world into being. Created the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the heavens and the earth. Created the land and the sea and the trees and the plants and the, the animals that would crawl and fly and, and swim in the sea. And to all of this, every day he says, it's good. This is good. But then on the sixth day, he creates mankind to which he pronounces, this is very good. I've done good. (laughs) He's like, yes, this is very good. He looks at humanity and says, this is very good. So we are, people. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. We're just dust. Where God goes, and he breathes his ruach, his breath into us. We've sung about it this morning. It's his breath in our lungs. Every breath we have is a gift from God. And so he breathes life into us. And he says, Walk in relationship with me. Everything here is for yours. It's, 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 it's yours. This whole world is yours. Enjoy it. Take dominion over it. Steward it. Look after it. Care for it. You know, God saw that Adam was alone, and you know, based on the popular opinion, he probably thought it's not a good idea that Adam's alone. How many females think that's probably, probably not a bad idea? Leaving a guy to himself, he's probably going to get himself in trouble. I don't think that was the only reason, but probably it was in there. So God created a, another version, a, a better version, some would say. Um, you know, out of man came woman. Yeah. Mate, a different type of person to Adam. Males and females are gloriously different. How many? <laughs> Give me an amen on that one. Uh, it's beautiful the way God has created male and female to be an incredible gift that God has given us. Why? Because he had this desire, this desire to be in relationship with us. Why? First thought this morning, earth was created to be inhabited. This is part of God's purpose. Imagine you're a loving, heavenly parent. You've got your own son who you love so much. Would you not want other sons, other daughters? The desire to have others that would love and you would love? God created earth for for it to be inhabited by us. That was his desire. Isaiah 45, 18, for the Lord is God, and he created the heavens and earth and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, Not, not, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. So earth was created to be inhabited, but also he gave us the power of choice. The power of choice is a beautiful and a horrible thing. It can bring about incredible beauty and, and incredible, incredibly great things, but it can also bring about incredible pain and destruction when choice goes wrong. See, true love is freely given and received. God didn't preach. If he did, we might just, we would just be robots with, with no, no ability to think, no ability to feel emotions. You know, emotions we feel, that's God-given. What we do with our emotions that comes down to our, our choice, how we respond. When God, our loving Father, created humans, he gave us a free will so that we could and we would choose to be on his side or not, to receive his love or not. 
the power of this choice led to Adam and Eve's sin. Now, what's the big deal about sin? Everything. (laughs) Sin destroys everything. Nothing escapes sin. It destroys our relationship with a holy God who desires relationship with us. And only Jesus, the central character in the Bible, only Jesus has the answer for our sin. When he died on the cross, when he gave his life freely of his choice, he made a way for us to be right, righteous again with God. That is the beauty and the power of salvation. The gospel is not just a story of a good man who did something great, of of dealing with this thing called sin, which robbed us of relationship with God forever. Let me take a couple of minutes to explain the bad news so that we can understand the power of the good news. No one likes bad news. Anyone like bad news? Uh, A few weeks ago, driving home, speaking about joy that weekend. So, uh, yeah, I get this phone call from Amy. Hey, uh, pipes have burst. I'm like, yes! Woohoo! Exciting! Great news! Yeah? Maybe someone in your account got hacked. Woohoo! Bad news! Love it! Crash your car. Come on! Woo! Celebrating the bad news. Come on, none of us respond naturally to bad news like that. We don't like bad news. Bad news is disappointing. It's frustrating. Bad news is just bad news. We just don't like bad news. But I need to tell you why sin isn't just bad news. It's the worst news. Because the relationship with God between Adam and Eve was broken when Adam and Eve sinned. The sin that's present now in each of us. So when we're born... Yeah, we're not inherently good people. We're, we're actually filled with sin. We are. Let, let me just explain it with a toddler. Has any parent ever had to teach their child how to sin? A very young age to say no and throw our food and, and, and hit somebody else and, and it carries on when we get older. But sin comes very naturally to us because it's a part of our, our nature. I want, to, I want to create a new creation, one where that sinful nature doesn't dominate and rule, but actually a new nature, God's nature, would be within us. And that we would live and breathe and we would treat people with this, this new nature, this new creation. Now, there is no distinction between sinners. And, and, and let me just, just kind of clarify this because sometimes we think we can... Well, we, we kind of unconsciously rank ourselves in terms of our sin level, right? So, so there's Mother Teresa kind of up around here. Um, we, we don't get to that point, do we? You know, we're kind of like, yeah, but at least down there. And then there's probably Hitler right at the bottom. And so we kind of rank ourselves probably there somewhere in that place. And, 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 and you know, we could actually go, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person or oh, I'm not as good as that person. And so we can, we can kind of rank ourselves even in the sin spectrum. You know, it's like, it's a worse sin, a better. Sin is sin. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anyone here, but have you ever told a lie? Just, just blink, or just breathe, just breathe if you've ever told a lie. No one holding their breath? What about stolen anything? Like your husband's chocolate bar? 
to say it. You ever got angry? Have you ever had lustful thoughts about another person? The Bible says that this is sin. And this sin destroys me. The sin, there is no escape from this. Me trying to be a better person doesn't work because the standard is too high of achievement. So you're saying, well, what's the hope? Well, there is no hope in our own attempts, but there is a glorious hope, and, and, and his name is Jesus. We find freedom, we find forgiveness, we find a new creation living when we surrender our lives to Christ. And only then, Will we experience a new creation living? Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. All guilty. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. I'm not good enough. You're not good enough. Even Jaden's not good enough. True. So when I sin, I get paid. Woohoo! Who likes payday? Don't like that payday. I get paid for my sin. The payment is death. But what if it didn't have to be my death? Or maybe it is my death, but also an exchange for Christ's death. So, we don't just scrape through. We're not just good enough to escape this death. Because all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. That's it. Plain and simple. That is the bad news. Anyone ready for some good news? (laughs) here's the good news. There is one who can take all of our sin and deal with it fully and finally, and his name is Jesus. Let me introduce you to Jesus. If you have never met him before, he is the Savior of the world. He is the only one. He is the Lamb, as John said, who takes away the sin of the world, and he will take your place. He will take my place. In exchange for his life, he will give us freedom and hope in Jesus. John 3, 16, 17, if you've uh, watched a couple of sports games, you'll probably see someone waving a sign. Okay, you want to know what it means? What that actually references? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to, con- to receive this eternal life and restore right relationship again, the choice lies with us. We must do two things. The first thing is we must repent. You know, when, uh, when Peter got up and spoke with the, the 11 disciples in the book of Acts, he, he preached and said, look, we're responsible for his death. And, and they were cut to the heart. And their response was, what do we have to do to be saved? And Peter responds. He says, he says repent and be baptized, every single one of you. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in order to to, to deal with this thing called sin, we must repent, first of all. My choice, your choice. Repent and say, God, please forgive me for living life this way. Forgive me for rejecting you as God. And to repent means to turn 180 degrees. So I'm walking this way, and then I'm turning 180 degrees, no longer pursuing that life, but now following Jesus walking with him, allowing him to lead and guide me. So when I repent, I turn and I choose a new direction. The second area is we must be baptized. So salvation is repentance and baptism. 
Now, I'm not going to get into a discussion as to if, if, if you've given your life to Christ, you haven't been baptized, and you die, will you? No. <laughs> God knows the heart of, of the human heart. But I would say if you've given your life to Christ and you're not yet baptized, you haven't fully identified with the life and the death of Jesus. Because when we go into the water, it's representing that we die to ourselves and then we're raised to life. And they've been raised to life, we identify with Christ coming out of the old. So you might, you might be ready to be baptized. Maybe you've given your life to Christ. Maybe you've asked him to forgive you, but you haven't fully experienced the fullness of your salvation. Make a choice to be baptized. We've got to die to self. In order for us to experience new creation living, Jesus had to die. But we also have to die to ourselves. That is my choice. I have to put to death the things of the old. But I do that by submitting, surrendering my life to Christ, and he does the work. It's not me being a better person. It's me in full surrender to God. In that place, God does the work I can't do. When we become a Christian, we need to understand we don't get a, a life upgrade. You know, we don't go from economy to first class. We, 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 don't, we don't go from a Toyota Starlet to a BMW. It, it's, it's a new life. The old is gone. It's put in the wrecker, and we get a brand new car, a brand new life. Maybe we don't get a brand new car. Right? Just in case you think I'm selling something that's not there. We get a brand new life. You, but when, when, when something dies, I don't go buried, digging it back up again. It's buried. But when God decides to raise something to life like us, then it's raised to life in his power, not in our own. Now, here's the important thing. Well, we have the power of choice to accept this gift of God. That's the only power we have. Uh, salvation is not mine. It's not something I do. I simply surrender my life to God. And in that place of surrender, this is where the glorious transformation takes place in new creation living. Jesus was raised to life through the power of God. See, my new life, my new power, the gifts I carry, the message we preach, it's all Jesus. His life, his power, his gifts, his message, it is all him. It's not me. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 explains it so well. I, I, I love this passage. For it is by grace we've been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Meaning, I haven't done anything to deserve this. This is purely a gift of God, His grace, through faith. That's where we have new creation life. Then it goes on and says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our works. Not my works, but his works. See, when I am in Christ, it is his work that gets done, not my work. It's the power of God in my life. It's, it's, it's me recognizing that as I empty myself, I then start to do God's work. And God works in me, Christ in me, me in him. It's this beautiful exchange of my control giving over fully to God and saying, God, I just give everything over to you. I don't want to hold any control any longer in my life. I want to put my whole hope and trust in you. The team can come this morning. I, I, want, to, I want to share again that this life is just a blip in eternity. 
And we build so much on our life here as though it matters more than it actually does. And, 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 and our life does matter. It truly does. But if we were to be eternally separated from God, what a tragedy. And if that doesn't motivate me to live my life for Christ and to preach the gospel and to share this good news with every person I meet, then I don't know what does. And when we understand an eternity without God and what that might mean for someone else, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can to preach the gospel. I'm going to take on whatever form of suffering might come my way so that someone might know the gospel. Someone might know the good news. You know what? If I lose everything for the sake of the gospel so that someone might know Jesus and have eternity with him, then yes, sign me up. In fact, I feel like this has been the last 12 weeks. I just feel like God's just saying, I just want you to keep emptying yourself, Mike. It's like there's still, still too much of you in there. I'm like, I thought I'd done with it. No, there's more. I'm just saying, God, all I want to be left is you. Because then people will go, wow. Look at you, God. I don't want anyone to look at my life and go, wow, look at Mike. No, I don't want that. I want my life to be fully surrendered to God. I believe God's wanting to breathe new life into his creation, into his church. I believe there's a new day, and it is a new day, and we are in the middle of a new day where, where God is doing things in us as we surrender ourselves, as we empty ourselves of ourselves. We surrender our lives again to Christ. An emptied life is the greatest life we could offer. Even Paul said, it's like my life is being poured out as a drink offering in 2 Timothy. So it's like I'm pouring my life out. You know, on Monday, I knew I was preaching this message and I kind of got to about four o'clock and I was actually struggling to breathe. I kind of got to the end of the afternoon and I was heading down to Auckland, and I was about to have some meetings on Tuesday morning. I, I arrived at the hotel about 9.30. Uh, I was in bed, 10 o'clock, light out. I couldn't breathe. C couldn't take a full breath. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, where it's just like at the, at the top point of your breath. I just I couldn't catch. And I was like, whew, okay, I'm not sure about that. And I, now in my brain, I've got to breathe properly. Try telling your brain not to panic when you can't breathe. You know, it's like, you know. And, and everything in me wants to draw in this deep breath, and that didn't even catch right now. But that is not what you're supposed to do when you want to get your breath back. You know what you got to do? I found out that I've got hyperventilation. I went in the next morning to A&E, struggling with hyperventilation, which means that, that I'm not expelling the last bit of me. The last bit of my ear has to go out of my lungs. I've got to... And then breathe in again. It's like, God, do I have to live out these sermons? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was nervous. I mean, there were moments I didn't sleep that night. And Dr. Google at 3 a.m., but I went to a and &E and I walked in and it says, if you're experiencing shortness of breath, I'm like, hi, I don't think I've got COVID, but it turned out I've got hyperventilation, which if I kind of let that get out of control, I can't breathe properly. And do you know, every time I took a full breath over those 24 hours, I went, thank you, Jesus. 
I did. It came out of me, thank you for that breath that I couldn't take for the last 20 minutes. I thought, whoa, there's a whole new perspective. I just feel like God's saying, Mike, if you empty yourself, if you let me empty you so there's none of you left, then I'll use you. It's like just, and, and this is my prayer. I hope this is your prayer. God, strip me away. There's nothing left of me and everything of you. Don't let any of me get in the way of the purity of the gospel message. God's been doing this work in my heart, and I, I'm so far from it. But I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying, God, just again, I'll embrace suffering. I'll embrace lack. Loss. I'll, I'll, I'll take all of that if your gospel gets preached. To live as Christ, to die as gain. And making him known to those around us. I've shared the gospel this morning. The good news of Jesus. I want to give people a chance to respond. Not to me, but to Jesus. God loves you. Sin has robbed us of relationship with Him. If you're not right with God, there's a decision that you can make today to repent, to turn from your sin. Ask God to forgive you. Receive His gift of eternal life and walk in this new creation living, just consistently emptying ourselves of ourselves. Every day waking up, God, I surrender my life again to you today. I carried anything of myself from yesterday into today, God, I just empty myself of that again today and I put you first. I want to glorify you and honor you in everything I do today. And maybe you're here today and you say, I need to surrender my life to God. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment and we're, we're, we can all pray this together. You can pray it in your heart. You can pray it out loud. It doesn't matter. God is listening to your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind and your heart and he wants to make an exchange in your sin for his righteousness. And he will offer that to anyone who is in Christ as a new creation. The old is gone. The brand new life is here. Bowed and I closed. I want to pray this prayer. Would you take a moment with God to be real, to be honest with him? Say, God, I, I've sinned. I've fallen short of that standard that you've set for me. But, but God, I, I, I recognize that I can find life in you, Jesus. That's you today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, to pay a price that I couldn't afford to pay. Please forgive me. I repent. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you. I receive your gift of grace. And know it is through your power I can have this new creation and live for you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give a, an opportunity to respond. If, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe this is a new day for you, you might have even walked with God, but, but in reality you hadn't surrendered your life fully to Him. With every head bowed, every eye closed. We've got a team that are going to spot your hand and have a conversation with you afterwards, help you take the next step and knowing what it means to live your life for Christ.
So one, God loves you. Two, he will forgive your sin, and he has if you prayed that prayer. Three, why don't you lift your hand right now and say, that was me, I prayed that prayer. Thank you. Anyone else this morning saying, yes, give my life to Christ, surrendering my life, my will to him. Anyone else this morning? Thank you, God. Father, we thank you that we can live this new creation living. That the old is gone, the new has come. We honor you, we celebrate you. We thank you that we have life in Jesus. Amen. 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 Pastor Rick Jaden.